0: Yo, what up, what up, what up? This is the Lazy with Podcast, and today I got with us Charu Kareem, man. What's thank, up? Thank you for having me, Bill. Dude, thank you for being on here. Yeah, man. It's an
1: honor to be uh, in this uh, lovely bachelor pad. We are surrounded by various equipment of, like, domestic, uh, domestic livelihood, and...
0: It's, like, dude, I'm gonna tell you, do you like
1: that beanbag sofa? I do. I mean, it's, it's bigger than a lot of people's studio apartments in New York, so <laughs> uh, I hope you, like, Airbnb this on, uh, on occasion. Just I, the beanbag itself.
0: Uh, dude, that would be dope. It's actually only 200 bucks from Walmart.
1: Um, dot com.
0: Dot com. Yeah, not, you can't just go into you, any ordinary Walmart. Not, and, not to be confused with, like, walmart.org or like walmart.edu. <laughs> walmart.edu, man, the education. Uh, I honestly, I would take classes from Walmart on business. Because what they've done is absolutely insane.
1: They have. I mean, they they took like a very simple business model and just ran with it, and pretty much just like spread their. Uh, it's like a widespread destruction of like, you know, just what you thought was the actual uh, original idea of creating some kind of business where you take over like mom and pops. Yep. And you shut them down with like pretty much the same thing they were doing. But like on a larger scale. Yep. Yeah.
0: Well, it, it it's like uh, it's like a uh, the final evolution of a quickie mark, you know? Right. 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 <laughs> it, it's right. A, it, which is, I, I like the idea that it's a mom and pop shop. Though it's like it's like a mom and pop that like got so strong on steroids that it just started killing everybody. It, it,
1: it did. It just like it. Nobody told. Nobody knew how to stop it, and you went from like you
0: know, slashing prices to actually slashing uh, people's dreams. I mean, and slashing, like, uh, n- like towns and stuff, you know? Um, like, I, in Texas, like, I remember driving through, and there were, like, towns that had been decimated by a Walmart. Like, like, some towns are one Walmart away from massive unemployment. Like, that's just, right, right. I mean, you can almost describe it as like a natural disaster. Yeah, like, you know, you know, an economic
1: one where you're like, all right, we got like an F4 Walmart, (laughs) you know, rotating around your area. If you're into like, you know, low prices on like domestic goods, stay away.
0: Yeah. Like, even though it's very attractive and appealing, it's just so easy. And this is the thing is Walmart, like Uber, it just makes sense, right? Like, like here's the thing. I didn't want to use Uber for long because I was like, man, I fucking love cabbies, you know, all this other thing. But one time I just needed to get an Uber and I got an Uber and I was like, oh my God, this is kind of amazing. This is kind of amazing. Yeah. And then I, and then I, I didn't do it for a while. I kept using cabs and then I was like. And, like, for the mom-and-pop, and and then I started using Uber, and I use Uber all the time. And for the mom-and-pop store equivalent, it's probably, like, you know, mom-and-pop stores is a little bit racist. Like, you know, like, like there's probably, and, like, Walmart probably is too, but, like, you know, Walmart's rich. Walmart's rich. I mean, the racism uh, comes with, like, a, you
1: know, a free pack of toilet paper. Exactly. Like, you know, you you get to, like, you know, you, you get to cash in on, like, the
0: coupons of, like, discrimination that you've been saving up. And so it's, like... And and this brings us to our topic about discrimination. Well, not really discrimination, but we talk we're talking about belonging, like just now, you know. And um, you, does Walmart belong? <laughs> does Walmart belong? Or like the thing is, is like, um, so you and I were both sharing this moment before the podcast started about like how like we, whenever for me my number is probably like six. Any anytime I'm in a group larger than six people, I start to feel a deep sense of alienation. Um, and I don't know why, you know. Like it, I just start to disengage, and I think it becomes the more people there are in a group, the more there forms like a group identity, right? Because like one on one, we're you're basically you in front of me. I'm basically this. But when we go into a bigger group, we become shallower versions of ourselves, maybe character tourists and then right. and it's harder to connect with people. It really is. It's hard to connect, and
1: uh, a lot of times it's harder to actually like get your point across. Yep. Like it basically turns into like. Uh, like a Fox News debate that's like ready to derail, mm-hmm. where you're like getting shit, you know, you're you're, he- you're hearing like uh, disarraying views from like six plus people, depending on your group. Yep. And no one's getting anything across. They're just like, you know, throwing out half hearted sentences and opinions. Um, and it's like nobody knows what to even, you know, bring out of that. You just, you find yourself agreeing with the group mentality
0: mm-hmm. or
1: just. Going against it,
0: yeah, disengaging. Because disengaging, right. it's it, with a lot of the group thing is either it's either you they accept it or they don't. And sometimes, you, let's say I'll make a joke between you and me in private, right? Then I try and you will laugh or whatever. I try to make the same joke to you, like, and it's like a group environment. Sometimes, like, people just will not respond. In right. The, you know what's worse? You know what's the
1: most soul crushing thing what to ever experience is like when you drop a joke with a group and nobody acknowledges it. Mm-hmm. Like it just it's you're pretty much like. You're pissing in a hurricane where it's like you know you're trying to let out something, but it's it's nothing, and nobody uh nobody's even paying attention, and you're just like uh, did anybody hear me and it's worse when you try to make that joke again <laughs> and, and, and somebody and somebody's like yeah I heard you the first time, and then then you just feel like a piece of shit for the rest of your life, yeah, and you you're like,
0: all right, i I guess I can't join the Church of Scientology no they, 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 they don't like those l ron Hubbard jokes they yeah well, that one of the things that happened to me a lot in law school was like uh, I would say things that would just be like, Oh, we no, we're from the midwest, all right, and we don't joke about stuff like that. And, you, you guys shut down from the beginning? Yeah, well, like, so, like, at first, you know, the thing is, is I was actually really well-liked in my class at the beginning, but then as, like, the groups and coalitions started to form, um... And as you grew more hair. It, it, or, or actually shaved it, like, it's, oh, it's okay. like that's I can't, the yeah, uh, the, um, and this happened my one all year, is, like, the, I just couldn't connect with people, and I think here, here, at the end of the day, um, you want people that can get your sense of humor. Right? Because that kinda of shows that they're in your tribe.
1: Right. And then uh that and plus like, you know, they're they're open to like actually listening to what you have to say. Yep. Uh from like, you know, beginning to end, even even if it's like, you know, the most inane, dumbass idea they've heard, they'll at least let you kind of, you know, have your moment where you you, you let out what's on your mind and then uh you pretty much go from there. Or if it's not, you know, something that they want to talk about it. You just hash it right there, and you move on because even if you're trying to bring up like old stuff, where you're trying to uh, uh, you know talk about like things that are sort of embarrassing or like you know you, you're not well aware of, you get in that moment where it's like, okay, should we should we talk about this now or later? So, but in a bigger group, when you're like, oh yeah, you know, how'd it go with uh, you and that one girl? and somebody, somebody's gonna be like, wait, which one girl? hmm And then somebody else is gonna be like, oh shit, you're not supposed to say that in front of him. Yeah. And so it just, you know, it exactly. just, it just falls apart really quickly, and then uh, you have like, the worst dinner ever at like, you know, Long John Silver's, and people are looking at you funny, and you're supposed to you know, get out immediately.
0: Well, I think one of the things that you pointed out is that there's a lot, different people have different rules, right? So even in the context of us, I, I've talked about this before on the podcast, I look at like, conversations like games. And so right now we're playing the podcast game, right? And which is like a high fidelity conversation where we're basically ourselves but kind of like a more refined version where we're making points more so It's a very lethal game, I mean, like one of us will die. One of yeah, us just jump
1: out like, yeah. but like- um, None of your guests have survived. Like and, I haven't heard from anybody Corey would,
0: that you've been with, you've recorded with. They all just killed themselves. Just perished. Uh, yeah, that's it. They're all, they're all in the beanie bag. That's, yeah. oh, that, wow. that, that's just a, a big sack of body parts. But one of the things is that when we're in these social conversations, right, there are rules. And we're more of aware of the rules one-on-one, but whenever you make it bigger and bigger, there, there are rules you actually don't know about. Right. That you can't transgress or some things that some people can't talk about. And I think – so rather than violate anybody's bigger rules, they just um, filter, to, filter down themselves so that they basically won't infringe on anybody else's happiness and i think the more rules you have like so it's weird also this is just a point on creativity creativity actually there needs to be a certain amount of rules for you to be most very creative but at the same time not too many rules as to stifle you isn't that crazy yeah it makes sense i mean the the rules the rules also
1: go along with like you know who is used to what and um if somebody breaks that rule like how would you imagine like you know kind of saving the situation, you have a group of people and like somebody's breaking the rule and somebody else is getting sort of like angry and maybe on the verge of like, you know, violently reacting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How do you like, you know, fan that flame? How do you bring down that wildfire and just try to keep the congruency of your, your squad alive?
0: Yeah, well, you, you obviously uh, kick that person out who's gonna get mad. No, I don't know. I I, I really those situa- I've been in those situations sometimes I call the person out sometimes I pull the person aside but there's not one size fit all right like right right you know and you're you're pretty much you end up being like Abe Lincoln holding together your own democracy exactly. when it gets it it becomes split right down the middle well like and uh, taking from this is you're an empathetic guy right like uh, I try to be try yeah. to be. like just natural <laughs> naturally right like right, yeah, right. yeah you're aware of how other people are feeling and everything like that I I am too and it's kind of it's kind of overwhelming when those things happen because you're you internalize everybody else's feeling and you feel that it's supposed to direct your action in some way when you could just not do anything right right, right. you which, could you could just turn a turn a blind eye and yeah. like you know get on with your life exactly yeah. just like let the group do what it does cuz like a lot of times even if you like Abe Lincoln tried to tape this country back together you're going to get shot in the head you know and,
1: and there are consequences there are yeah. consequences
0: yeah. and i i think also with the with the nature of like belonging and appropriateness is i think in our twenties, we're so afraid of looking needy that it actually stifles us from being able to cultivate real bonds with people. You know, yeah. Because like sometimes, like you know, like reaching out to someone. Well, in college, you know, you could reach out to someone and be a past partially because you lack the social awareness, but part because it's that stage in your life. But in your twenties, you're hyper aware of how you're coming across or your self image or how you're being perceived, and you might not put in that little extra effort, that one extra text that might lead to a lasting friendship because you're afraid of inconveniencing people. That and uh, I feel like a lot of us when we surround people with like you
1: know like-minded um, ideologies mm-hmm. and we're things that we're, we share uh, the same interests the same uh, uh, opinions about things and so we don't really get a chance to like you know have a discussion or talk to somebody who who's like the complete opposite who's mm-hmm. like you know doesn't follow your train of thought yep. and is coming from a different background where you know they're taught a whole different set of uh, ideals and they're ta- uh, they're they're taught like a whole different set of beliefs and that's where they're going off of so like if you ever you know we're not really used to that discussion with them where like you know we're going to uh, naturally disagree on something but we don't take that time to figure out why mm-hmm. or find that common ground on where like okay we at least you know we have more in common than we originally uh, anticipated we're pretty much we you know if we don't if we don't find something that, that kind of jives with what we think, then we just kind of, you know, leave it right there, uh, throw the nail in the coffin, and just move on with our lives. Mm-hmm. Which is like, you know, that, that might be okay in like a group setting, but then when, you, uh, when that translates to like entire communities, where like the whole community has like this one set of principles, and they're not going to include anybody else in any type of discussion or like any type of evolution of... Uh, of their, of their own ideologies, then we, you know, it just, it, it pretty much, it's, it's, it, it, I don't want to say like a slippery slope, but it turns into its own practical slippery slope where it's like, okay, it's just going to get bigger from here, we are going to, you know, you're going to go from like not agreeing on something to completely disenfranchising entire group of people.
0: Yeah. And that, and that happens, it happens all the time. This is my problem with ideology, right? I think ideologies lack nuance and they build walls. So the more of an ideologue you become, the bigger your walls have to be for it to make sense because you have to marginalize information mm-hmm. in order to remain um, part of an ideology. What, what ends up coming, I think ideologies are good for ki- children um, and stupid people um, because it, it, it creates a very binary kind of association. It cre- creates clear rules. Mm-hmm. But um, what when you develop as a person, if you continuously have to block out inconsistencies, then what you end up becoming is a very fragile person, and a lot offends you. See, part of the thing is, like, I have, I am not a feminist, right? And I'm pretty vocal about that. I There are definitely some feminist platforms I do agree with. I agree with equal opportunity. I agree with equal pay. I agree with those principles. But there are just some things I'm just, like, not on board with. That's just not my campaign or whatever. Mm-hmm. One of my best friends in the world is Shira. She's super feminist, right? But the thing is, is she is... is Willing to play with the ideas and actually look at them. She doesn't have to embrace my ideas You know what I'm saying, but at least play with them and I think right, you don't have to embrace anything You don't have to change your team. You don't have to chair You know, you don't have to switch out this jersey you're wearing. Yeah,
1: at least you know if you're if you're okay It's like being a you know a Cleveland Browns fan your team sucks horribly Yeah, and if you're trying to talk about like the season with somebody who's a Pats fan and the Pats fan is just just shitting on you from the very beginning without, like, listening to, like, oh, yeah, maybe, you know, we'll draft a few players here and there. Maybe we'll have a shot next year, and in, in the other, you know, the, the Pats player or the Pats fan is just, like, laughing in your face and is, like, ah, uh, no, you know, Cleveland's always sucked. Cleveland will probably suck for the next two decades. Uh, you know, let's we'll, – we'll see. It'll, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, re, we, we'll revisit this in, like, five years when it's, like, maybe you'll have, like, a different quarterback. Mm-hmm. And from then it's like, uh, all right, this is a uh, this was a horrible waste of time,
0: and like somebody's gonna start like a weird bar fight and Ooh. get kicked out. It, it's so crazy. You use a, so I I had a, a bit about how um, the Cubs are a religion, um, you know, because um, I see more people getting fist fights over sports than I do religion. <laughs> And yeah. Yeah. And, but it, it, it comes nobody
1: with... riots after Christmas. No. no. Because, they're, ex- because <laughs> they're excited that you know Santa Claus is in town. You know your your religion won. Yeah. Like nobody riots. You no. just you stay at home. You open up gifts. You put up with like you know the, those three or four relatives you can't tolerate for for half the year, and then you just go back to work and like hate your life. Exactly. So it's like the same like, thing? you know yeah it just goes to your point like people get more overpassionate about sports
0: and uh, things built on uh ambiguous statistics like, and big, and they they will fight they'll talk to the end about it and but like here's the thing is when as a sports person or anything it's when you're discussing let's talk about religion let's make it more more sensitive and pointed people have a hard time doing this is they have a hard time talking about their religion in a questioning light right like, like where it's like where we can Play with parts of, like, a religion and say, like, oh, like, oh, is this ridiculous or is this not ridiculous? You know, and the thing is, I think this comes from the same thing as faith and being a fan. Right? Someone's not, I'm not going to say the Rockets suck because I'm a fan of the Rockets. I'm not going to be like, oh, that team, you know, I don't have to back it up. I'm a fan. You're that's, a fan. That's why I win. You believe that James Harden is the prophet. oh uh, Yeah, exactly. And he's the last There's prophet for the Rockets. Exactly. That's it. There's this transcendent element. I will always pick my team. I, it transcends logic and reason. Same with faith. Faith is that same kind of... The questioning ends with faith, right? But what I'm saying is this. is like you can play with ideas and then it not threaten everything for you, right? That's the thing. Is like at the end of the day, just because you entertain different thoughts doesn't make your belief invalid, you know? But I think a lot of people are scared to do that because they're scared to go down that rabbit hole of like what if it's all wrong? Right. You mean you
1: you start unraveling everything. Mm -hmm. And once you unravel it, you're sitting there... Uh, with all these parts, yeah, and and you're like, I don't know how to put it back together. No, you know, it's like it's it's. Uh, I don't know if you ever did this as a child, or like you know a young adult, but. Um,
0: Keep talking.
1: Back when um, in school, like I would uh, I would mess around with you know the pens that I use and like I would take the pens apart and see if I can put it back together. Mm. And then like a few times when I couldn't, I would just be sitting there with like. A broken a broken uh, pen and that's like what do I where do I go from here so that, that's the uh, that's what people fear about questioning and like taking things apart is if if I, if I can't put it back together again am I the person who's
0: broken on the inside well I mean yeah this is the thing is like you is, I, I honestly think there's no reassembly right like uh, I I've I questioned a lot of this stuff right I start off as a, like a devout Christian you know and then i was like yo but like yo, know what, what what's going to happen to my hindu family members <laughs> you know and then right. um and then from there it just c- continued to deconstruct it went all the way to atheism and now i'm a panentheist but here's the thing is like would you realize what is, that, wait wait, what is a panentheist a uh, panentheist is that i believe that we're all inside god so there's no no separation between us and god their existence is god um and it's both imminent and transcendent um and I, I've gone to that conclusion that I, like, I think that the, the universe has kind con- of like a like force. But if I die and I find out that's just wrong, I've already prepared. Like, like I've already like, really dealt with the fact that, yo, like, what could happen is nothingness. Like absolute trillions of years until the universe just nothingness. And the way I—that—that that is the one thing. Like, as primordial beings,
1: we would never—I—I I believe that we're not. It, we don't have the capacity to wrap our heads around this. No. The idea of nothingness. No. Like where we—where we started from, and where we are after, or where we will be after. That idea of nothingness is just—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's very desecrating to us. Yeah. So it's like, if there's—if there's—if there's nothing, there's got to be something, because nothing is
0: just it's impossible he, he, i i think that there is it's not that we are going to be nothingness it is that we will experience nothingness like and i'm not saying that this is with a mathematical certainty um i want i believe in reincarnation so like if there's if there's an afterlife thing i think like yo maybe maybe even you get to hang out and like a heaven like thing for a bit and then you're like yo i'm kind of bored can i go back in and another life yeah sure get on this ride you know and ride it uh but he, At the end of the... How deep does your, you know, your belief of reincarnation go? Oh, I believe we're all gods, so we're all reincarnated. I've been you, you've been me. Like, um... I think my life was better when I was you. I mean, like... (laughs) No, I think what we end up realizing... This might be the Cleveland Browns (laughs) part of uh, existence. No, dude, you got a dope job living, (laughs) living the life, man. Shit. Funny?
1: Disclaimer, uh this is
0: no way attacking Cleveland. So. oh yeah. yeah well like I I think Cle- the attack on Cleveland's implicit like you know <laughs> by by itself you guys failed us by we, voting in we are all in God except Cleveland yeah, exactly like, that's what happens when you're not part of God like, <laughs> but um you know but like I believe it like you know and I b- think that your beliefs are a narrative that are supposed to help you manage throughout life but if I I don't have a vested interest in it being right right like I'm not going to be like Yo, if I don't reincarnate, what? No, I'm just happy I existed. Like, at the end of the day, we all beat 500 million sperm to be here. We're fucking winners. Mm -hmm. Like, every, we could have been a cum shot 45 minutes ago. Like, you know, like, that. Right, that's, I think that's like the daily
1: counter, uh, you know, uh, approach where it's like, yeah, they haven't called your number yet. (laughs) No, they
0: haven't called your number. And and, and the thing is, it's beautiful, right? We gotta experience life, this is incredibly rare. And so I get more caught up in that. And the fact that it ends, you know, and it might be nothingness, well, Low-key, I think it's just like not being born like I don't remember that shit either <laughs> like, you know, yeah It's it might have sucked. I don't know like or it might have been
1: like the best, the best time of our lives I mean we love sleep. We love sleep now. I have experienced the uh, the near-death Oh what happened uh, encounter uh, I drowned back in uh, 2008. Uh, I came back from studying abroad and what were you studying, sorry? Uh, I was studying uh, in France. Okay. Uh, studying in France. I was there. I was in Europe for like two months. So I came back and uh, I was uh, I was taking my sister and a cousin to like a water park in Oklahoma City and had fun. I mean, we were all hanging out. I didn't get the water myself until towards the end where I was like, all right, you know, I paid an, an, admission, an admission ticket. So it's like, I paid to be here. Let's let me, I'll dip my feet in and like kind of hang Hang out in the water, uh, but I was uh, erroneously ambitious, and I wanted to go into the tidal wave area. Mm. And so I, I was. Uh, the tidal wave area is like about the size of like a like a one bedroom apartment. So uh, like in the, it's not too shallow until you get to the very end, mm. where you know you're supposed to experience what like a tidal wave is supposed oh. to feel like. And so I swim to one air, uh, to the, to one end, and I'm swimming back and that's when like the jet lag and just being out all day in the sun finally hits me and i like get exhausted immediately mm. and i'm having trouble keeping my strokes up and i'm i i'm just i'm trying to look around to see if i can grab onto anything and i see someone else floating by and i like and they're on their own little flotation device so i sort of like trying to grab on and just to like get yeah. my balance uh, catch my breath kind of like uh, find some kind of resurgence of energy but that person thought I was trying to push them off oh. so they they kind of like shove me back and go about their way in the opposite direction so I'm like kind of flapping my arms around and I'm trying to scream I'm hoping at this point like you know lifeguard on duty or whoever's is watching is like uh, I can catch your attention and and then at that point I was like all right I've done enough flailing If they're gonna come and get me, I'm gonna be in the water. So then I just drop, I just let go, um, get submerged, and at that point, you know, I hold my breath, um, 20, 30 seconds go by, and that's when the white light hits me.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yeah, so the white light hits me, I pass out underwater. I don't wake up until I'm being wheeled into the ER. Um, But from passing out, Right when, like, I wake up with this, this very strenuous pain, like, this, this very stabbing pain in my chest, like somebody just, you know, uh, kind of shoved a jackknife into my chest and, like, sliced me open. Uh, from that point, in, in that interval, it was, it was practically bliss. Like, I had so many endorphins going to my head and, and just trying to, like, I, I think embrace me for death that I was just in that uh, that unconscious state where it's like just blissfully floating, it was pretty much the uh, album cover for Nirvana, mm. except I had like clothes on you know i I didn't have my just i didn't have a, my penis sticking out mm. but uh, but yeah, I was like just that was the state I was in in like white light and just went to sleep. I think that was the best way if I just went to sleep, and then when I woke up, I was like, "Oh damn it, <laughs> not to go back to living um but no, I, you know I survived that thankfully, and but that that was my one experience where it was like, you know what, death happens. It's gonna be swift. It's gonna probably be peaceful. Uh, the pain that you feel will be the pain of like you know your human, uh, your human soul or like well, you know whatever constitutes your existence, just leaving your body, and then you just uh, you know you just you're 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 unhinged and you're just like. You return into the universe as you were before. Either that, you know, one in 500 million sperm or just like, you know, back into like the abyss, back into that, the endless universe. So that's what I took out of like, you know, being at a white, uh, this water park in oklahoma city <laughs> that's beautiful man
0: i mean not like that it happened like that's that's awful that the guy shoved you off that's some oklahoma shit
1: yeah that's some oklahoma shit i yeah. don't know if you know it, it, i don't see i don't think it was like you know intentional i think they were just scared of yeah of like this flailing this flailing brown dude trying to like you know do tricks in the water or something I don't yeah know. it's just
0: um that's it's weird it's it is, it is weird that, like, people talk about that bliss associated with death. Like, even orgasm, like, in French, it's, like, mini-death, I think. Like, that's what it... Like, la p- yeah. Petite... Uh, whatever. Petite orgasm. Yeah, petite <laughs> orgasm. Yeah, small orgasm. <laughs> uh, but, like, it's, like... I, I would expect your last moments, like, if... if it would be really cool if that was just how it ends, right? It ends like, and it's like you just go off into the business, like, hey, I'm gonna go, like, have you going out coming real hard. Like, you know, like, just like, <laughs> like yeah, like, you know what, you've been through a you lot. You leave the way
1: you came in, yeah. The, as an orgasm. As, a, as in the orgasm? words of um, uh, the great George Cartland. Uh, oh. The best way, um, he does this whole tr- uh, Benjamin Button bit mm-hmm. where he talks about life, we should experience life backwards. Mm. Like, we'll start off dying and then we'll, we'll be an old man or, uh, you know, an old individual and then uh you know we'll go through our uh, adulthood hating life having a job and then we'll uh, be in our our young adulthood life where we get to party uh we get to do all the dumb stuff you know mm. that we that we miss and cherish and then we'll be a child and then uh, from a child we'll get to be like this sweet toddler or infant where it's just like all you got to do is just function and like uh you know remind your parents that you're breathing
0: that's beautiful. and then
1: and then you uh and then you Leave the world as you came in, you end up as an orgasm, Mm. like living life backwards. That is really beautiful. That I had not, I have not, and that's that's why it's from George Carlin. Yeah, yeah.
0: That that I wish
1: I pulled that out of my ass just now, but but I I did not.
0: That, um, I think though, so everyone talks about like chasing this like lack of loneliness, like you know, like, like, uh, and I think you'll lonely. Have you ever realized that you're part of the cool kids and realize that you still don't feel cool? All the time, and I have to remind people, yeah, like I thought I was cool too,
1: yeah, and that's you know that never happened, like you know throughout childhood, throughout um really much up until this point i don't know what you know what is what is cool anymore because it's like cool doesn't is not you know it's 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 just a stupid term that's been like floating around since our since our conception, mm-hmm. you know what's cool, what's you know what's popular what's what's what what is attracting people to your just to you mm-hmm. and there's no it there's no it like what you know if if you think're if you think you're cool with a group and then you know somebody else comes along and you know steals their attention, then it's like, oh was I ever cool or was it the like, context yeah what is
0: the you know the context is always changing yeah, I've thought about this how love is fragile right like like you know we talk about how like you know we love people for who they are and everything like that and I, you know, I I have a lot of anti soulmate jokes, but I'm hopeless romantic. Like I, I like I I say all this red pill shit, but it's like oh we it, do we all we all do that yeah yeah we I, all do that We, I we have we, to we, it's like my medication right we
1: <laughs> I mean if you know if Cupid was an individual um, that motherfucker will have a Comedy Central roast like oh, every day bro, every day but at the end of the night we're like Cupid we still cool right yeah yeah you're yeah, gonna yeah, hook yeah, me yeah, up yeah, with yeah, a soulmate yeah, right
0: exactly Good. and that's exactly you're gonna put me on your next special right it it. it we we chase it and we think that like there's this like this thing of unconditional love but like one of the things I have realized is like My love for my wife is definitely gonna be conditional and I'm not just saying that to be the horrible person that I am dude If she gets hit by like and it won't even have to be something like horrible It's like she gets hit by like consistent crazy acne I I do like I'm dead serious. I'm still young. I think a lot of us can put up with acne. I think you have to do there, a lot. I feel more, like you'll have to do better. Than I'm that. more superficial, <laughs> like than most people. I understand this. I I'm so superficial. It's deep, but like it, it's like fragile. Yeah. Like you know, like and and it's these little things can affect it. Like people have left someone that they really loved. Like at that moment, they really loved them, but then they lost their job, and then they left them, and they didn't even know that they'd feel that way. But I think a lot of times we don't fall in love. It takes so long to fall in love with a person. And more often than not, we fall in love with the context,
1: right? Uh, not not only the context, we we fall in love with the whole arrangement. Mm-hmm. We fall in love with uh, the routine. We fall in love with mm. uh, all the all the uh, the small oddities that make up that that entire relationship. Yeah, that's what you fall in love with, and and once the you know once you know your conditional love gets tested when any of that uh, is shaken, like mm. you know when you have. Something that's out of place or if something, uh, you know, goes wrong or like, you know, like, like you know, you have like a medical mishap um, or just, you know, you, if you have infidelity um, or if you have, um, you know, dishonesty or if the trust is broke, Like things like that. That's where, you know, your, 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 your concept of unconditional love
0: is always going to get tested. Well, it's funny that you say um, infidelity, right? Because it's like, in a sense, in a relationship when it's exclusive... Like, we use the word exclusive, right? It's like a club. It's so exclusive that only one other person can be there. Like that, and that right, means right. something, right? Because, like, um, like, people want to be part. Like, there's that quote, like, I don't want to be a part of any club that would have me. Like, you know, and, like, the thing is, is that I think it's very scary to feel special because you are in relation to somebody else. Like, who, like your presence or relationship with somebody else is what makes you special. And I think a lot of times, we don't even knowingly do it, but we do do it. Like, how many times have you heard, oh, he just makes me feel special. Or, like, you know, like, that girl's... He's through, the only one yeah, that, yeah, that accomplishes his Yeah, well. or, 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 with a guy context, is like, we probably won't audibly say, oh, she makes me feel special. But, like, when we walk into, like, and everyone's like, oh, shit, like, yo, that guy must be rich as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? And it's like, but, like, that's scary because that's a kind of, like... That can be tampered with because the second somebody else has it, then all of a sudden you no longer feel valuable, right? And e- be- either when
1: somebody else has it, or if you, you know, if you if you get that same sort of attention from another person, mm. you know, you what you call special is pretty much uh, devout attention mm-hmm. that you never experienced before. So it's like you know if if you have somebody who's constant, you know, not constantly but like uh, frequently. Uh, giving you uh, giving you advice or telling you to be better, or it's like you know they're they're always highlighting your your strongest attributes, and they're they're downplaying all the other ones. Then it's like oh my you know I have this special special bond with this person. It could be you know the valet guy, or it could be some the person you're you're sleeping with every night. But then when you have like you know when you when you start experience that from another person, then it's like. Oh, so am I? You know, is this something that that we just have, or it's like, you know, maybe we you know what you know sh- you know somebody else is. May does that person like me more, or like you know, um, you you start questioning it more.
0: Yeah. Well, like the thing, I think that's very interesting that you bring up the other person, how how you are validated, because I think it's very important for your identity, right? But let's say someone goes love up- is
1: love is e- like eternal validation. Mm. I, I you know I, I think it's like. It's it's a weird way to put it, but I think like in in, in a lot of a uh, lot of situations where people stay together, it's it's that constant validation you get
0: from the other person. See, I, I, well, I, I like how you say validation, but I think I'm gonna I, I may expand on it or make it more elastic because I think different people are validated in different ways, right? Like some like some women or men love being verbally abused. They love that's how they feel validated, right? You know, so it's it's, and that's the thing is like there's no one universal way to validate somebody Then I think right right whether you do it with verbal abuse uh, Or whether
1: you like do it through like music or whether you do it through like sweet
0: sweet nothings Exactly the validation is still there, and I think this is really an interesting concept This is very interesting to me in that you need to basically find someone who can kind of just naturally Validate you in the way you want to be validated like, 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 they, they just implicitly, they get how to throw the nice, right comp, like, because, like, there's some people who don't know how to compliment me, who, like, who just don't, like, it's just, like, they'll compliment me, but they won't compliment me in a way that, that I care, you know? They'll point out something that I don't give a shit about or whatever, but whenever someone knows how to do that, it feels really good, you know? And, of course, if they're attractive, that's another thing. Right, right, right. It, it, Like, I feel, th- this is awful, but the more attractive somebody is or the more status somebody has, like, if Hannibal comes up and says, like, dude, man. You are really funny, you're gonna make it. Compared to like some open micer who watched me, like I've never seen him before, and he comes up to me, he's like, hey man, you're really funny, you're gonna make it. Dude, literally the exact same compliment. What if Hannibal came up to you and he's like, dude, you Quit. have a nice, fine ass?
1: Like, what, what kind of validation do you get out of that? Dude, honestly, it, this is the crazy thing about. Snaps. Nothing about comedy. He's no, just no, no, like, no, no. Yeah. no.
0: Well, you the... been, you've been doing those squats, man, because uh, your booty's popping. It mean it mean quite a lot actually and this is why is because he's like achieved this level of kind of universal status Where it's like that would still be like dude Hannibal said I had a nice ass right, Like you right. know, you know, how, like like that would that would be like really cool That would almost be like that like on the cusp that would belong on your on your CV, right? Yeah, now. yeah, like Hannibal says I'm a nice ass like that might be one of my credits yeah, Like yeah. you know like that that that's a really crazy thing right is that like some you can supersede that yeah. process. That's interesting but I, I do think you – another thing you pointed out was, like, the routine, you know. And whenever I think of – so I, I – one of the – people always ask, why, Will, don't you want to get in a relationship until you're, like, in your 30s? And it's like, dude, I don't want to get a PhD in somebody. Like, that's it. I don't want to get a, a PhD and then, the, like, not give me tenure. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> that and it's a great way to put it. it I, li- I like that. Yeah. But it's it's, like – it's scary because no one's gonna care about you knowing her routine, right? No, no one's gonna care that Carol likes her eggs this way or that, you know, Molly likes her or, or, or like doesn't doesn't like noise after 10. You can't use that to even another chick. Oh, you can't that's yeah, it's, it's only pertinent in like eulogies
1: and maybe like <laughs> ey- eyewitness testimony, Yeah. right? Like if you're trying to like, you know, uh, you know, say like you weren't there at the scene of the crime. You can be like, yo, Carol likes her eggs over easy. Yeah. So I was making those damn eggs over easy. Exactly. I was not in the parlor with the with the knife, you know, stabbing the the pool boy. No. Because like I was too busy making Carol's damn eggs the way she likes it. Sorry, I, was, I just went
0: off a tangent there. No, but that's <laughs> that's exactly it. Is like yeah. I liked how it was eulogies and eyewitness testimony. That's funny. Um, it is, and you can't be applied to that, right? But like I also think it's crazy how you see. The more you do a routine with somebody, they become part of your identity. So our identity is just a series of habits. It's not like what music we like or whatever like that. It's literally our habits. Absolutely, thing. yeah. I, I would totally agree. It's uh, identity is you know
1: composed of um, what what you do. Like your your music taste is pretty much something that you you would listen to over and over. Yeah. So again, repetition, exactly. uh, habititude, um, all of this like you know makes up who you want to put on that stupid dating profile to say like oh if you're if you're into this too yeah. maybe we
0: should you know sit around and like
1: you know yeah. not hate each other.
0: Well this is the thing so many people date each other or marry each other based off a superficial list of preferences and we do this with friends right and it's like like oh they they need to be one of my best friends ever and I have a bit about it is is basically a white supremacist. Like if you listen to him talk like you know he, he, <laughs> he, he, he like, it, it's like it's like it's he's not out of the closet but he's definitely sympathetic. Is he is he white? Yeah. Well, Italian.
1: Oh, is oh, he Italian? So, I was so, gonna say it'd be even 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 better if he wasn't white, but they, he still believed that he still believed in white supremacy. Yeah. That,
0: that, so he's a town. So I say you're you're white like Puerto Ricans are American, like <laughs> kind of but not really. Like you know you have the paperwork but come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But um, he the, the thing is is he's I love that guy. Like like that's serious. Like he's an awful person, but he's been there for me more than a bunch of people with my same ideology beliefs or whatever. How does he like his eggs? I don't know. <laughs> Probably I strong. would start with all white. Oh, hey, uh, that's he, he wouldn't touch the brown eggs. No, no, no. But he might, dude. He's all, Like, get this. This is the weird contradiction of him. He's had, like, nothing but Mexican and black roommates. And, like, you know, like... I don't even think he has that... Because he likes friends. to surround himself with his enemies. Well, like, it, you know... Dude, this is the thing, is I don't even think it's about an enemy thing. And this goes back to the whole thing about belonging. I think it's a narrative of superiority. Right? It's just like, you know, I'm not doing that with great or whatever. I want to feel like a victim or whatever... I can employ this narrative to feel better, right? And like we all do it, right? We both graduate from college. That's all that kind of is is a little bit of a narrative of like, yeah, smarter than like forty percent of the population, right? right. <laughs> you know, and um, and I so I I, I kind of try to deload it because it used to be it used to hurt like whenever I find out or think someone's racist, it used to feel like they were like stabbing me in the gut, like like it was super personal. Now
1: my my reaction was different. What was your my reaction? Uh, was, was was always sudden confusion. And then I would always, then I would try to extrapolate, like, what makes this person that, like, racist? Yeah. You know, what, what are they, where, where are they coming from? Because it's like, racism is always built on something. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, you know, you know the saying, like, nobody's born racist, mm-hmm. you're cultivated that way. Yeah. So it's like, you know, where, who's, you know, what's this person's background? And like, you know, what, what makes them believe that way? And then you know, I that's that's what I uh, occupy myself. Yeah. And then that's that's the end of it. But it's like it's it's the shock is always there. You know, the shock is always there. But after that, it's like for me, you know, what, what there's got What you know, there's more to it.
0: I, I, I definitely I, I did that later on. I wasn't yeah. I wasn't early on. It was just like oh man. Fuck How could you? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But like now, it's kind of just like, dude. I assume racism is a spectrum. Number one, it's like IQ, right? It just like goes up. There's a bell curve. Most people are in the middle, where it's like I'll have uh, most people are in the middle, where I'll have friends with minorities, but I won't marry them. Like that's it. Like right, like, right, like, right, right, right. Like, 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 there's
1: there should be a Kinsey scale for racism.
0: I've had that. Like yeah, like that. It, it's it's literally. I think that that would be the most productive means because I don't think it's binary.
1: I don't think I don't think because some of us are bi-racists. Bi-racists. <laughs> It's like, you know, maybe, maybe I'll fuck with other races or other races, but
0: I got to see, like, you know, you got, you got to, you got to seduce me first. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, and we've talked about, we talked about this in our standup is, is like, depending on your location in the world, being a brown dude is, can be, you, you, you're, you're climbing, you climbing a little bit of a cl- like thing. Like I prefer a more intimate situ- situation. So I'll hit on a lot of girls in the daytime because that way they see me as a human being. <laughs> I'm not. serious because, right, right, like, right. like I, 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 have been rejected, like, like solely just off of like tan level, like you know what I'm saying. That,
1: and and then, that the night and during the evenings, I, I presume you just lurk, look, you lurk in the shadows. I, I
0: look like eyes, you and, and like I, I just uh, the who are and these teak. eyes? I, yeah, barely teeth now because <laughs> they're a little, a little bit tinted these days, you know. And right. but like it, the the thing is, is that one also hurt? It's like you know, like. So I, I'm. We're both actually, in a sense, in similar situations, right? Because you're from Bangladesh. There's like not that many Bangladeshi. Is that like Bangladeshi? Yeah, that's part, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. People in America, especially in Oklahoma, right?
1: Right, right. I mean, yeah. Oklahoma is the the one of the least or one of the last places you would um, you would expect somebody from Bangladesh just to be, like, chilling there. Exactly. And, and me- they, you know, that they're there voluntarily. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're not, not there because it was a sh- shitty layover or, like, they got dragged off their United Airlines flight. Yeah. it was. They, just, they, it they just
0: chose to be there. And me being Indian and black, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, because, like, this is the thing. It's like, yeah, I mean, you can hang out with Indians, but you don't feel, like... Part of the Indian squad sometimes Do you feel that way with black people too? I feel way closer to black people than I do Indian people Okay Yeah uh, Like in just And this is not against any of my users I love you guys Uh, But like in America I've had very hard times breaking into Indian like social circles Um, I I have that uh, issue as well
1: With South Asian uh, social circles And it's not You know I feel the same way as you do that it's it's tough to break into um, you know these these groups of people that they they tend to they've grown up uh, around a lot of their close friends mm-hmm. so that's what they're going to adhere to yep in a social scenario and so when uh, when I first moved to Chicago I tried uh, I tried uh, meeting like all kinds of different people uh, but eventually I was like you know let's I want to see you know the my my people the, mm-hmm. the brown people let's see if I can uh, hang out with them and it just turned into like me being a loner where it's like all right i meet a few people here and there the few people that i have met after moving to chicago uh i just i've i've formed like a like a like a very strong bond with them so it's like we you know we have i have that group that group that i uh that i still connect with but when i'm out and about and i'm trying to you know fit into all these other little milieus of of brown if you will um uh, i just don't see myself doing it i'm just, i'm just like okay this is this isn't working for me, and it's like all right, I'm just gonna take a step back and really see if I can you know if I can connect with anyone here, if not, then I just give up.
0: yeah, yeah, this is exact i there's so much pre-existing relationships with a lot of brown communities and friends.
1: This is what we call uh social pre-existing conditions oh, really, where it's like you get you get denied um tonight coverage mm-hmm. by a group where it's like oh yeah yeah you're from uh you're from so and so you have this such and such background uh, maybe we'll hang out with you, maybe or maybe we won't mm-hmm. you know more some groups are more open than others, um, where the rest is like, all right, that's cool but
0: it, you're not you know, you're, you're not really for us. No, and that happens all the time and it's okay I'm glad it happens. I'm glad like, you know, there's not just like really well. It's natural It's a natural yeah. thing to be
1: seclusive. Yeah, it's a, it's a natural thing to like not invite everyone into your herd
0: Yeah, yeah. but it it's also painful It's it, also it, painful, I, And I think it's the cost of being an individual like in a sense like so there's a thing called the isolation paradox It was coined by Mark Manson and he basically says it's the more you grow physically mentally and spiritually the fewer people You can have a fulfilling relationship with
1: and right, the 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 most poignant philosophers out there were were basically loners. Yeah. They're hermits just chilling on their own and like um they were putting out these, you know, tweets if you will yeah. and just hoping that somebody like faves or retweets them. Exactly. Cuz it's like that's basically what we do now on like a uh, like a more global scale with technology, but back in the day that's they just had themselves. Yep. So they're like, "All right, I'll just sit down here tonight." And write uh, this memo by like you know candlelight and you know probably like my the the, the strong off chance that I get killed by uh, by this disease that hasn 't been cured
0: yet, but here I am alone with my thoughts alone with your thoughts and, and that it 's funny you talk about that because that was that basically sums up my first year in Chicago before I discovered comedy and stuff like that if i wasn 't going on a date i wasn 't really close to people in my law school, I was at home writing, I was working on my novel, all these other things, and it 's like Basically, it feels better to be by yourself than to try to be understood, you know? Yeah, that's, that's a great way to put it, yeah. Because the, the thing is, is um, I think once you've experienced... So you said you had this close-knit group of friends. Once you've been understood... It's very hard to go back to a relationship where you can't, like, 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 or where it's difficult, where you have to explain yourself, because like right now in comedy, I exist in a plane where I'm saying, uh, you, you hear me? I'm saying absurd shit, yeah, and yeah. like, like my friends don't agree with me, right. but they'll volley with me, we'll play the games and all this other stuff, and I can't, after like like this nakedness that I can feel with my friends, right? To like, I, I can't go back to being clothed. Right, it's like it's it's literally like um, the the biblical tale of Adam and Eve in reverse. Right, it, I see. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's where it's like, oh, I have all these clothes on, and now I'm fucking naked, dude. Naked's awesome. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nudity is awesome. Yeah, as you, you shout into
1: the abyss. Exactly. And then security is called. <laughs> and,
0: and, and and you and the thing is, is like I'd rather be alone than not be naked. Um, and I think it it's hard to find your tribe. It really is, and sometimes you have to make your tribe. Like I was, I'm doing the commencement address at my my high school, and one of the things I want to talk about was how um, all the people in college that I thought were going to be my best friend never called me back. Never call you back. And, yep. and and the one person who ended up being my best friend, I never hit back up. Yep. You know, and the thing is, you can never tell who someone's going to be to you from the first meeting. You can't. You just it, 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 all relationships with people can only be seen in retrospect. Basically. Always. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, I mean even even with the people that you're closest with that might even fade in the long term it's it's all about uh, what's going on in the present Mm -hmm. and then you know you're always you know I don't know we're we're infatuated with a lot of like throwback stuff now yeah because it's it's like you said it's retrospect It's you're looking back at to oh I used to talk to this dude I haven't heard from him like 30 years exactly or I you know I used to hang out with these people and haven't heard from them since
0: so it's it's always in retrospect like you just said well, it's, and it's also crazy what you said that made me think of this is like Who you are? You are only as much as yourself as people allow you to be in most context right and cuz like I Do as, as much of an intense person as I am I Even know I have enough social app to be like oh, they're not feeling this game let me tone back, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. you know, and it's very it's powerful. It's I mean this is what makes you want to shut down when you're bombing because yeah. you, you yeah. know you're like because like dude there's like times you they would laugh at your last joke if you were performing it with the same exactly. intensity. Did you follow through yeah, yeah yeah but it's so hard because you yeah. have all these prim, like like basically people died for not fitting in like th- this is like the first societies where people aren't getting murdered for not fitting in. Like that that, that was a huge deal for not fitting in. That's that's massive. There's a what you feel is that primordial instinct like hey man you need to shut the fuck up where the tribe's going to fucking stab you in the ass. Right, like, right, right. <laughs> like, like, Kevin, put the bone back through your nose. Yeah, exactly. You're making us look like idiots. <laughs> right? That, and that's, whoa, that's so insightful because it's like if you're not doing something, it makes everybody question what they're doing, right? Because if you're exactly. not doing it intense enough... It's that social experiment of uh, people in an elevator whoa. when um, they, would,
1: uh, they did this experiment where they would have one person facing the other direction oh, okay. and they would record people getting on the elevator. And most people, they would see this person facing the other direction and they're like, oh, I should be facing that way too. What? When, when, when the doors are clearly right behind them.
0: Exactly, it's, it's, it's incredibly powerful. I've done, the, I've done the turnaround in the thing, but not for anybody else's thing, but like I'm afraid of social conditioning. Not, not, I think, I'm not trying to relearn shit I don't need to learn. I think there's benefits in social conditioning and all these other things. But I wanna see where it blinds me. Because one of the things I always tell everybody in Young Hustle is, there are decisions you can make from this t- right now, next year, be famous. Right now. You're just not exploring 95% of them because you're blind to them because of social conditioning. Because you're not willing to explore anything. Like, then that's why I tell people, like, you want to be successful? And, and stay outside of the scene scene in Chicago. Because, like, the, yes. c- the, the scene scene... I would endorse that. Yeah. Okay. Well, because they're only going to let you... They need you to put in time, you know, to be who that, that guy, you know? Right, right. But, like, the thing is, you don't... These social hierarchies don't exist. No, <laughs> they don't. They don't. I've, 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 I learned that. That took me, um, you know,
1: I just, uh, I, I just finished, like, the third year of doing stand-up. And so, like, it took me three years to figure that out. Where it's, like, it's not about what you do in the scene itself. It's about what you kind of lay out there in your own track. Mm-hmm. So this is why, like, I, I love touring. I love, like, going to other cities and performing because it's, like, this is this is me like building my own path. Exactly. It's not about like me hanging out in the city like going Wait. out every night just so somebody can see me and just so somebody can be like, "Oh, that you know, that guy's he's in it to win it. He looks like, you know, he's committed." No, it's like, "No, fuck you. I'm committed to what I want to accomplish, and so I'll just be out there exposing myself to like whatever I want to do." Exactly. And if that that might the best way to do it is like, you know, or like, to me the best feeling would be to like get successful or accomplish something, and then have somebody be like, "I don't think I've ever seen this guy." Ha! <laughs> you know, you know how brilliant that makes you feel because, like, oh, I didn't do it in your in your image, paradigm yeah. in your paradigm in what your bubble is. I just, I did I went out and did it for myself. Exactly. And now you're just
0: learning of it because. It's undeniable. It's undeniable. Well, like, this is the thing is, dude, you're friends with Rami, dude. Rami was just on Colbert. Like, you know, like... Yeah, he, yeah, he, Ra- Rami, I, I met... set was
1: great. He was great. Like, I met this guy uh, a couple times, hang out with him once, and dude is brilliant. Like, he's... It it, he, it was only a matter of time. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I was so happy to see him on Colbert. Uh, definitely crushed it, and I, I love, you know, people like that. The way you meet them, and you're like all right, I see this person going places mm-hmm. and I want to be part of this interaction with them so I can learn from them, mm-hmm. A, and then B, I can like parallel, I can try and parallel what they accomplish. Exactly. And it's somebody, you know, I, I, I look up to him like
0: so many comedians look up to him guess, and it's, it is for a good reason. It is for a good reason. Yeah. And you want to surround yourself with those people. The thing is, is you want to surround yourself with people who, yeah, you want to be like them because whether or not it's going to happen because we're, we're only as much as ourselves as people allow us to be. And people generally want us to be like them. You know, to an extent. It's an industry of validation. Exactly.
1: So you just try to rack up as much as you can while at the same time not trying to
0: you know, lose yourself in that struggle. Exactly. And and say, retain your perm, your own mission, right? It's like it's like you gotta um I heard this earlier today. I was watching um clips from The Wire. Have you ever seen The Wire? I have not. Uh-huh. Um
1: been meaning to uh, catch up on like early two thousands, <laughs> <know?
0: laughs> but one of the things that he, he, the guy said they wanted him to fight some statistics, and his, the woman who was trying to get him to do it was like, the tree that doesn't bend breaks, and he said, but the tree that bends too far is already broken, and I Holy thought that's really shit, that is deep, that is deep, yeah. right? And I think one of the things that we need to always keep track of is that we give and take, you know, how much am I doing it to fit in? How much am I doing it? Because and the sense of belonging. Nothing feels worse than not belonging to yourself. I know no matter what, the friends I have, whenever I leave at night or whatever, I go back to being me. <laughs> you know? And, all you have. and and I'm comfortable with it. Even if it, it leads to situations where I'm not, you know, like fitting in there, I fit in at home here. And I'm not doing things that make me feel alienated from myself. Right, right. You gotta be comfortable with
1: really every aspect of you. As much as you hate the flaws as mm-hmm. much as you uh, you know you feel humiliated by what you can't get done you gotta be okay with that yeah. because if you're not okay with yourself then nobody else will be no and even, and if they are you won't feel validated for it no you, you'll, you'll go back to square one where you're like okay oh look you know, there's, there's new people in the scene and it seems like they're a lot more popular than I am yeah and they just they just came into the scene so it's like where am I now? Am I just on this, you know, this one loop track going nowhere?
0: Nowhere. Well, this, this, this is the thing. If you're chasing social greatness through the social thing where there's no benchmarks, I'm sorry. It, no, like, it, know, everything. It just doesn't it work. It will never work. You, uh, you got to have that quantifiable success. But anyway, dude, this has been a great podcast, man. It, look, oh, yeah. What do you want to plug, bro? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I,
1: I'll be at, uh, I'm doing a couple of uh, shows out of town. So I'll be in St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis this Friday. Uh, I'll be at the Crack Fox um, you know if you know anybody in St. Louis just tell them to come through uh, $7 for tickets at the door and $2 uh, of the ticket admission goes to Planned Parenthood nice so it's a it's a pretty uh, pretty cool gig um, um, I got that and then uh, I'll be in Bloomington on Saturday at Legends uh, and then I'll be back in Chicago for SWIG next uh, Wednesday okay 830 uh, oh, show I, I wanted to you,
0: this episode isn't going out for like four or five weeks no, but no, no. But if you guys got a time machine to go back, that shit will be dope. So uh, do by Twitter? now, I've already given up on comedy. I guess, uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this four
1: or five weeks in the future, uh, I have not uh, followed any of the advice that was put forth tonight. I have. Uh, I'm probably like you know curled up in an alley, uh, just trying to come up with one liners. And so uh, yeah, um, what's your Twitter, man? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's, uh, that's something that'll probably never be taken down, even though uh, mm-hmm. it, should be, uh, it should be disenfranchised along with our, uh, with, with our president's Twitter account. Oh, um, well. It is at Sharoup, and that is S-H-A-R-U-U-U-P. There's three U's in it, because uh, apparently there's more than one person out there with my name, so right. I need to find these people and, you know... Murder them. And yes, yes, I have already and put them assembled a down. crack team of, like, you know, Twitter
0: assassinators... Um, we're doing the next podcast with them. So. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Hell yeah. And um, as always, guys, like, follow, share, subscribe. Uh, go to my YouTube channel, The Lazy Philosopher. Check it out. And then, um, yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter because I need it. Uh, I'm trying to get that up. Uh Trying to get to I need pain. more
1: followers than Bill, so like, you know, follow me and then follow Bill. Yeah, yeah, follow Shroom follow first, you know, and... Uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm, curr- I'm currently at like, tw-
0: you know, 10 disciples, so we're, we're not going to make greatness with 10 disciples. No, you got to have more, bro. You got you to gotta have, I think it's, what, you got to get to about 15,000 before someone will die for you? Exactly. That, you're not exactly. a real cult leader until someone will die for you. Yep. Until you find that soulmate. <laughs> until you find that soulmate. Hey, peace out. Thanks for being on the pod, bro. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me.